Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into a brand new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am your host, Alfred Parsar Jr., where we talk about any and everything New York Mets on this podcast. Today is Saturday, March 20th, 2021, and the rundown for today, uh, we'll be talking about a couple of injuries that have happened in camp this past week, how those injuries are going to affect the roster, um, a couple of Grapefruit League takeaways this week, things we saw uh, that we liked, that we didn't like. Uh, we'll also be discussing the fan capacity limit at City Field this season and the big elephant in the room, the Francisco Lindor extension. Uh, so let's start with the injuries. Uh, the first injury of note, uh, Dom Smith was shut down earlier this week uh, due to wrist soreness. Uh, he hit the big home run Tuesday against the Houston Astros. And ironically, that's when he hurt his wrist, hitting a home run. So, I mean... At least you know that wrist is productive, but um, Dom played in the game on Tuesday against the Astros in the Mets 8-3 win. Uh, he hit that big home run, and uh, he hasn't played since. Uh, manager Luis Rojas has stated to the media that uh, he did shut Dom down as a precaution. Uh, Dom uh, was not shut down from doing uh, fielding work. He was able to work with the outfield coaches and uh, shagged some fly balls, which is a positive sign. And uh, he was able to get those reps in. Uh, he, he didn't practice swinging or anything like that. Nothing offense-related, so that the uh, wrist injury wasn't aggravated. And according to Luis Rojas, uh, Dom should be able to go tomorrow against the Washington Nationals um, with a 105 Eastern time uh, start time. So uh, Dom should be good. Uh, no worries there. It's a very minor injury. Um, again, it's spring training, so you don't want to push these guys hard. It's not like it's the uh, regular season. It's not like it's the dog days of summer. You don't want to push these guys too hard uh, to where they get hurt in spring training. Again, these games are just for practice. They're to get reps in. They're for e their exhibitions. Uh, meaningless games, even though I hate to call any baseball game meaningless. But again, he did hurt his wrist uh, being productive on a home run. Um, the most important thing for Dom, cause I'm not worried about his bat. I am not worried about the offense that Dom Smith will produce. I have no doubt in my mind. He's going to be a major offensive weapon for us this season. Um, my main priority with, with Dom Smith right now is his defense. Again, he's a first baseman by trade and he didn't start playing left field until he got to the majors, which we've highlighted on a previous edition of the Metropolitan Report. So it's it's very important that he gets as much practice in left field as he can. They put the soft brace on his arm. Um, so he was able to continue outfield drills, and he hasn't missed any time with that. And again, even though he's been in uh, left field for a couple years now, um, that's not something you learn overnight. It's not easy. So I'm uh, very happy that uh, Dom Smith didn't miss any time doing uh, drills and defensive work. Uh, and again, like I said, Luis Rojas said in, to the media, uh, Dom Smith will be more than likely good to go in the lineup tomorrow uh, when the Mets take on the Washington Nationals tomorrow afternoon. Uh, the big injury, though, which is, uh, I mean, we, 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 we've talked about this starting rotation. And um, Cookie Carrasco, let's just get to it. Cookie Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco, if you will. Uh, he was already dealing with, with elbow soreness and uh, and discomfort. Um, he has yet to appear in a Grapefruit League game. 
Um, time is ticking and winding down. Um, opening day is uh, coming really, really, uh, really, really fast. Um, yeah, opening day is one week from this upcoming Thursday. So not not too much time left uh, from where we're sitting now. Um, 12 days, and he has yet to pitch in live game action in the Grapefruit League. And then the report comes earlier this week that, um, yeah, during, after a bullpen session, uh, they had uh, Carrasco doing some conditioning drills, and he tears his hamstring, tears his right hamstring, just, just jogging laps. Um, and prior to this torn hamstring, Carrasco kept telling the media in interviews and kept insisting that he was going to be good to go. They, he kept saying he, he wasn't going to miss his, 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 his first start, his first schedule start of the season. He kept insisting that, um, he'll be good to go by opening day. Obviously DeGrom is the opening day starter, but. Carrasco was projected to go number two in the rotation, so he kept he just kept saying, "Yeah, don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." And then, you know, uh, tears his tears his hamstring. So this is this is not good news at all. Um, and Carlos Carrasco is a guy. Um, He's had a, a a history of. He he's had a history. Of injuries, I mean, there, his his battle with leukemia was well documented, where he missed the uh, the entire twenty nineteen season. Um, he's had minor nagging injuries here and there, but the torn hamstring in camp, uh, not a good sign. Um. And. It just goes to show that. You know, anything can happen as far as injury-wise because that, that probably was a freak accident. Uh, or So, I mean, he's definitely not going to make the opening day roster now. He, he And again, he, he kept insisting he'll be good to go by opening day uh, for the opening day rotation. Not going to happen now. Um, and I just hope that Carrasco, who was part of the Lindor trade. We gave up Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario to get uh, Cookie Carrasco and, and Francisco Lindor. And, um, I mean, I know we're going to we're gonna get to the Lindor extension later on, but if for, some, if for some reason Lindor doesn't get the extension and Carrasco, this is just a start of a string of, of lengthy injuries for Carrasco, um, then it looks like Cleveland is going to win this trade. I mean, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to Cleveland Indians camp, but, uh, Terry Francona all but confirmed Andres Jimenez is the starter at shortstop there. And, uh, they're testing out a med Rosario in center field. And, uh, we've got a shortstop we may only have for a year. And the starting pitcher that came with him is, is damaged goods. Um, Carrasco also came into camp, uh, late. He had a late start because, you know, again, he's had a, a history of, of injuries, and he's a leukemia survivor, so he's immunocompromised. I mean, we are living in a time where there is um, COVID-19. Uh, the pandemic is still in full effect, so uh, he had to get further medical testing before he could be allowed to come to 
to to camp this season. So it's just unfortunate, and I really hope that Carrasco can bounce back from both the uh, arm and elbow soreness as well as the torn hamstring. Uh, right now, there is no timetable for his return as of press time, so um, nobody knows how long Carrasco is going to be gone. But with the Carlos Carrasco injury, that does open up uh, a spot in the rotation. Now, we already know that Jacob deGrom is going to be the opening day starter. Uh, Carrasco is projected at two, but because he's going to miss uh, being on, in, on the roster on opening day, uh, Marcus Stroman will now be two. Taiwan Walker will be three. Previously, there was a battle for the fifth rotation spot. Now there's a battle between four and five. Um, you have three candidates. You have Joey Lucchese, who was acquired in February uh, from the San Diego Padres. You got Jordan Yamamoto, also acquired in February, who was acquired from the Miami Marlins. And then uh, you have uh, the rookie from last season who's returning this season, David Peterson. So it's between Lucchese, Peterson, and Yamamoto. Um, judging by how they've looked in the spring, um, I would peg Lucchese in the fourth spot. Uh, Joey Lucchese only pitched two games so far, but he has no ERA. He has yet to allow a run this spring, which is always a plus. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto has pitched in three games. He has a 1.08 ERA. If you look up the numbers, he... He's, he's pitching better than Trevor Bauer so far this spring training, which I know is just spring training, doesn't say a lot, but uh, Yamamoto, um, his ERA again, 1.08, which is phenomenal. If this was during the regular season and he had a 1.08 ERA, uh, I know Mets fans all over the place would be jumping up and down. And then we have David Peterson, who is struggling so far this spring. And uh, Peterson, his numbers... Um, so far here in spring training have uh not been not been great to say the least i mean granted he last season he had a decent rookie campaign um it was a shortened season no tape on these guys whatsoever so i don't really know uh i don't really know if we could take that with a grain of salt or not but uh, so far this spring training uh david peterson He's uh just like Luke Casey, uh, only pitched in two games, small sample size, but he's got six innings. He's got a 4.50 ERA, and in six innings, he's only got one strikeout. So, I mean, take take what you want from those numbers, but uh, it's not not looking good for uh, for Peterson here. And again, Peterson, he had a decent rookie season. He went uh six and two uh, last season. In, in his major league debut again it was during the pandemic it was during it was it was during a, a 60 game marathon and in um 3.44 era he pitched 10 games only two no decisions six and two not bad numbers on paper but spring training you're coming in here battling for uh, a rotation spot you got one guy no era looking lights out the other guy looking just as good with a 1.08 era and you're you're got a you got a four point five oh so it's not looking good. I, again, I would put Lucchese in the fourth spot, and I would have Yamamoto fifth. Um, there are two open uh, bullpen um, uh, slots available on the roster. Um, I wouldn't even be opposed to putting Peterson in the bullpen as a long relief specialist to start the, to start the year. But 
Uh, based on Yamamoto and Lucchese's play, I don't think Peterson uh, should get a uh, spot in the in the opening day rotation. I, d- I do not think so. Um, but again, if they can't decide on who to who to fill the last two bullpen slots with, uh, Peterson as a long reliever, soak up some innings, eat up some innings. Uh, that, that's not a bad idea. But I don't think he gets a start. Not not compared to the play of the other two. I know a lot of Met fans and baseball purists will say, well, Yamamoto's ceiling is the lowest of the three, but hey, the numbers don't lie. I know it's spring training. Um, you're facing a lot of non-roster invitees. You're facing a lot of minor leaguers who didn't play at all last season because there was no minor league ball last year. But at the same time, I mean, all three of these guys are facing the same level of competition, one struggling and two aren't. So that should tell you everything there. Um... Grapefruit League takeaways so far. Um, so, like I said, um, Dom Smith, even though he got injured, uh, I did like that he uh, smacked a home run. Um, that is what injured him, but hey, uh, Francisco Lindor on a tear. That man is on a tear. Um, playing really well. Lindor looks like he's in midseason form. And the way he's playing here, I mean... He hit the he hit the grand slam, and he had a uh, two run homer previously before in the game before that. So, I mean, why would you why would you not pay the man? I mean, I guess I guess because he wants the extension, that's why he's playing this way. But uh, yeah, yesterday against the Cards, Lindor grand grand salami. So. And then the same game against Houston where Dom Smith hit the home run. Uh, Lindor went yard to to drive in two. So this week, Lindor, he got you six RBIs and two home runs. Very, 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 very impressive uh, outing by Lindor. I mean, the guy's in midseason form. What, What can I say? As far as... As far as guys who uh, kind of scare me this season, so far what they've been producing in uh, spring training. Uh, well, well, before we even get to that, Edwin Diaz has been lights out. Uh, he pitched in the game uh, against Washington uh, on Thursday. Edwin Diaz, no ERA this spring. Jerry's familiar, not liking what I see out of him, even though the numbers are kind of uh, dishonest there. He's got a 1.80 ERA, but his control, his control is just bad. I mean, it's been reported that um, they've been having to tell James McCann and Tomas Nito that if they're behind the plate when Familia pitches, they want them to put their gloves right down the middle of the plate because he's having difficulty with his control and with his aim. And for a veteran who at one point in time was one of the most dangerous closes in the league back in 2014, 2015, I don't, I don't know how he's regressed so bad. Uh, it's actually uh, pretty confusing. Um, we had, we've only seen a small sample size from Dylan Batances. Um, he struggled too, even though he hasn't uh, appeared this week. But I would hope uh, with with twelve days left in the spring before opening day, they 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 get him some more reps. Um, for what he was with the Yankees. To, compared to what he is now, I mean, 
we gotta we gotta get more out of out of out of Batances there. But I mean the Mets, the team for the most part looking in, in mid season form. Um you've got Pete Alonso coming alive uh in the last week in the spring. Uh, Michael Conforto is doing pretty well. Um yeah, so I I can't really I can't really uh say too much bad about about the offense. So, got Tomas Nito hitting home runs. So every everybody's clicking. Everybody's clicking. Not again uh Lindor even uh, against Miami. Um on Wednesday, a two-hit game and three plate appearances, not bad. So, you've got you you you've got a uh, You've got guys who are on this on this ball club, who are who are making uh, decent impacts uh, with the bat this spring. So, uh, Kevin Pillar um, against the Nationals on Thursday, despite the loss, he had a two-hit game, and this is a guy on the bench. I mean, he, I mean, when they brought him in, they knew he was gonna he was gonna make the roster, uh, no doubt, and he's he's having an impressive spring. Is uh, Kevin Pillar, so. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the offense and Albert Almora, a guy who had to fight to make the team. Once, uh, Jose Martinez went down with the torn meniscus, his spot was, uh, pretty much solidified and Almora is even still, um, showing out. So, I mean, uh, I'm excited to see if this momentum in this offense can be carried in, um, to opening day past the spring. So that remains to be seen. Uh, the big, another big piece of news. Uh, New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo, despite how you may feel about Governor Cuomo and what your personal opinion of him may be at this time, uh, has announced that City Field, as well as Yankee Stadium, because they're both in New York City, but uh, City Field, the Mets, uh, Yankee Stadium, the Yankees, uh, both teams uh, will be able to, to house 20% capacity of what their stadiums can fill. Now, this is significant because uh, in February, it was announced that sporting arenas in New York State um, would be able to host fans at a 10% capacity. And we've already seen that um, in the NBA with the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets in Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center, respectively. Uh, we've seen it with the New York Islanders in the NHL um, out in the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, we've seen it, uh, Madison Square Garden again, the NHL with uh, the New York Rangers hockey team, but this is significant because it's been doubled. Uh, back in February, it was announced at 10%. Now it's 20. Um, judging by my math, 20% uh, in City Field is around 8,400 fans. Um, again, everything is going to be socially distanced. Um, the 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 seating is going to be in pods. Um, each 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 party. So meaning, if you go to the game with a friend or multiple friends, um, or if you go by yourself, each party will be six feet uh, away from each other as per CDC guidelines. And uh, this is good news because last season was rough with the uh, piped-in stadium noise and hearing stadium music. And um, when the camera would pan City Field, you would see uh, things on the Jumbotron, the City Vision. But there's no fans around, and uh, in crucial situations, they'd be like, "Make some noise!" <laughs> Ain't nobody to make noise, and and I will admit, last season watching baseball, um, it was kind of weird looking at a stadium full of cardboard cutouts. 
So um, I will definitely be at City Field minimum 41 times this season coming up for 2021. I look forward to meeting some of the people that listen to this podcast and talking about baseball, Mets stuff, uh, around the majors. But um, it's going to be good to have fans back in City Field. Uh, I will be the first to admit <laughs> I do I do miss getting a uh, a Frank and some French fries from uh, uh, from the concession stand, uh, soft jumbo pretzels. So couldn't get that at home. So uh, last season uh, watching uh, Major League Baseball. Far different, uh, weird experience. I'm glad that we did have baseball, but uh, very weird. As you know, uh, most MLB uh, stadiums this season, with the exception of about two or three teams, will be hosting fans to start the season opening day. Um, and it, it, With the exception of um, the League Championship Series and the World Series, which took place at Globe Life Field um, last season, there were no fans in the entirety of 2020. Um uh, Globe Life Stadium, where the Texas Rangers play, hosted the World Series. It was a neutral site, and they did allow uh, a small portion of fans in for the World Series. So, um, but yeah, other than that, and there was no fans in 2020, so I'm, I'm excited that they're going to let fans back uh, in 2021, and hopefully um, we can flatten the, the curve with uh, COVID-19 and eventually uh, eradicate COVID and um, get back to normal life. And uh, with that being said, uh, let's talk about Mr. Francisco Lindor. Uh, Francisco Lindor, again, a big theme of, of camp so far this season. Lindor, man, he, he's, he, we all know his contract is, is up after this season. He's going to be a free agent if he doesn't get re-signed. Uh, he had some comments to make about uh, extension talks. Let's hear what he had to say. They started, right? Um... But nothing, nothing serious, you know. It's just we're just talking. Um, we'll see how how everything goes. It, my agency is it's in charge of that, um, and that's between the front office and and, and my agent. Um, if I sit here and say no, we haven't started. It just I'll be lying. So, like I said earlier, I will not be negotiating during the season. I will go to free agency um, if something carries on during the season. That's not, it's not fair for me. It's not fair for the team. Um, I I gotta give everything I got into winning baseball games. Um, so if it doesn't happen um, in spring training, uh, I'll go to free agency and we'll talk in November, December, whenever free agency starts. I'm very comfortable. I like the guys here. I like the coaching staff. Um, uh, trainers, athletic trainers, everybody's um, on the right path, you know. Um, we're all trying to win. We're all trying to get better. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the organization. I'm feeling more comfortable. As, um, we go through every day. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, it, this is a good um, workplace. I'm, I'm happy right now. Um, so we'll see what happens, you know. I'm blessed to... Once again, to be surrounded by a, a great group of guys. So let's break down what Lindor said. Uh, first off, he is given a, a firm deadline. He said if there is no deal by opening day, he is not negotiating um, during the season. And that's okay. That's fair. Um, because, again, like I've said on a previous edition of the Metropolitan Report, um, 
by waiting around and not having a sense of urgency to get this deal done, that gives off the impression that it's not a priority to the front office to extend Lindor. That gives off the impression that it, it, he, he may not necessarily be wanted in the organization, which I hope is not the case because we gave up the, uh, part of the future for him. So, uh, I don't blame Lindor. You can't be mad at him. Um, he's a, he's a once in a generational talent. I think he's the second best shortstop in all of baseball behind, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres. And you can't have a guy who you gave up the, a, a pretty good shortstop in, in Rosario. I mean, obviously Lindor is an upgrade over Rosario, but you gave up the future in Andres Jimenez. Um, to get a, to get injury prone and now injured Carlos Carrasco and, and Lindor and Lindor is such of a talent that you you can't just give up thing give up something good for him or give up something promising for him and and not get any return on your investment that you gave up. So hopefully um, they get the deal done. They got 12 days um, before opening day to get this deal done. I hope they get it done soon. Um, it was kind of disheartening to hear in that clip that. Uh, uh, Lindor said the talks have started, but they're not serious. So, um, what have you been talking to him about? What have you been talking to his agent about if he's not serious? Um, and, and not for nothing, but I understand that Steve Cohen, um, just got the team this year. I understand it's a, a new ownership, but in the course of history in professional baseball, the New York Mets have had some horrible, horrible transactions and trades uh through the years uh may i remind you of the midnight massacre uh the trade deadline in 1977 the mets traded away tom seaver for steve well steve henderson wasn't too bad but pat zachary and doug flynn and, and as good of a player as steve henderson was he was no tom seaver you gave up the franchise for players even though they were three it was a three for one deal those three players couldn't amount to Tom Seaver. Um, the same day, you traded Dave Kingman for Bobby Valentine. Dave Kingman is a Mets, a Mets legend. Uh, Bobby Valentine, more noted for being a Mets manager than a player. Um, and I like Bobby Valentine, but even that trade was was lopsided. Uh, you trade away Nolan Ryan in 1971. Um, uh, let's not forget uh, Lenny Dykstra got traded to the Phillies for Juan Samuel in 1989, which didn't pan out well at all. Um, bringing in Bob, uh, cutting actually. Now this was the result of being released. They released Bobby Bonilla in 1999, but because the Wilpons uh, were caught were caught up, caught up with Bernie Madoff, um, instead of uh, outright paying him what they owed him upon releasing him right then and there, they deferred the payments to start in 2011, and he's gonna get, um. 1.19 million every year till 2035, starting from 2011. So the Mets are paying a guy who, who hasn't taken an at bat since like what 2001, 2002. And then uh, let's not forget in 2002 you traded Kevin Apier for Mo Vaughn, traded traded uh, Kevin Apier to the Angels, and that season in 2002, the what did, what did Kevin Apier do? He won a World Series ring with the Angels. Move on, we barely got anything out of. 
he had he had knee problems with with an arthritic knee from when he was at the tail end of his career with the Red Sox. So why would you even get him from the Angels? Makes no sense. Uh, let's not forget, um, back in uh, 06, they spent all this money to sign Xavier Nady. And what did they do? Traded him midseason. As good as he was doing, they traded him midseason uh, for Oliver Perez. Now, Ali is still in the league to this day, but, oh boy, that wasn't a, that wasn't a good a good transaction. So the Mets, through, through several uh, regimes of ownership, have made some blunders in, in, in the front office as far as acquisitions and, and signings and releases and trades have gone. And despite everything that I just listed, if the Mets don't extend Lindor, I think that'll be the, the biggest front office blunder in Mets history. Um, and what bothers me also is that the Mets threw all this money on the table for both George Springer and Trevor Bauer and neither of the two signed with the Mets. So the money is there. So why don't we just stop playing around, get serious, uh, lock up Lindor, lock up Conforto with the money you were going to give to Springer and Bauer, and uh, let's let's get these deals done so that uh, we can stop having this distraction. Um, because I guarantee you, if the Mets don't get this deal done, um, even though Lindor said he's not negotiating um, during the season and he will go to free agency, I'm pretty sure... The, um, the thoughts and conversations around an extension are going to continue. Um, the media will ask, <laughs> the media will ask Sandy Alderson, the media will ask Lindor at post-game press conferences, even pre-game about, about extensions, even though he's not, he's not going to want to talk about it. I don't want this thing to be um, a distraction for the team. You threw all this money at two big money free agents that you didn't get. So the money is there. So why don't you just offer it to, the guy who said in that soundbite that he likes the organization, he likes his teammates, he likes his trainers. Who 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 brings up the training staff? Like, really? But he likes his trainers. Uh, he, he wants to be here. This is a guy who wants to be here. A once-in-a-generational talent who is killing in spring training right now, playing lights out as if we were in the dog days of summer, uh, fighting for a playoff spot. So... Why can't we just give him the money? He again, he wants to be here. He likes it here. Spring training. I mean, forget his past accolades in Cleveland if you want to for a second. But what he's doing in spring training is, is very impressive. So they'll probably give him more than what I projected. But like I said, I'm giving him five years, 120 mil player option in the fourth and final year. So in years four and five, give him a player option. Uh, five years, one twenty. Some people are saying, um, give him Tatis money with a with an eight to nine year deal, which okay, not bad. But I'm gonna end it on this. Lock up Lindor. The money that that you left on the table when Bauer and Springer went went to the Blue Jay went to the Dodgers and Blue Jays respectively. Give that money to Lindor and Conforto. I'm not worried about Conforto. I think they'll lock up Conforto. Although Conforto is uh, represented by uh, Scott Boris, who usually pushes his clients to enter free agency and test the market. But lock up Francisco Lindor. Don't add another blunder to the list of those transactions I mentioned previously. 
And with that being said, all there's left to say is, let's go Mets!